Hello, and welcome to the second episode of our podcast, Children's Relit. My name is Shirley. Hi, I'm Julie. And we've been best friends since the fourth grade. In this podcast, we reread the books we loved as children and discuss their impact on us as children and see if our opinions have changed in the ensuing 25 to 30 years since we first read the book. Uh, We already kind of talked about this in the first episode, so hopefully you listen to that. But if not, we're going to repeat it again because that's the podcast. A little bit about us and why we're doing this. I've been a librarian for over 10 years, mostly working with teens and young adults. I've been a reader my whole life and have uh, really early memories visiting the local public library, but it wasn't until my family moved to Orange County that I had a friend who liked reading as much as I did. And that person was Julie. Yeah. I mostly read fantasy and her circle fiction. And now I primarily read YA books since that's what I did. So yeah, Julie. Yeah, I'm Shirley's best friend uh, since childhood. Um, I am a former liberal arts major, a current computer scientist, and someone who just reads a whole ton of everything. Do you track on Goodreads? I do, actually. How many books do you have, do you know? A lot of books. A lot of books. I kind of (laughs) track, and then I'm like, I had to kind of give up because I know there was way more books that I don't even know that I read, so it'll never be accurate, and then it just makes me angry. Oh, because <laughs> it'll never yeah. be accurate. Or no, I don't. I don't like back backdate. I like it's from when I started using Goodreads. Oh no, I was trying to backdate, and then there was just mm-hmm. massive fails. It's impossible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> when did you read it? I don't know. It's like, uh, <laughs> I can maybe guess a year. Okay, this yeah. is not about Goodreads. This is about us. Oh, yeah. And reading books (laughs) which I guess is also Goodreads okay Okay. we're not owned by Amazon in any way no Amazon owns Goodreads now oh yeah oh okay our second book our second podcast is going to be on the Egypt game um it was originally published in 1967 and the author is Zilpha Keatley Snyder hope I'm saying her name right a little bit about the author to give you just a little bit of background before we start delving into deep thoughts. Zilpha Keatley Snyder was born in Central California, but spent most of her life in the San Francisco Bay Area. She is the author of, she was the author of over 40 children's books, three of which were Newbery Honor books, The Egypt Game, which is the book we're reading, The Headless Cupid, and The Witches of Worm. Her first book, Seasons of Ponies, was published in 1964, and she actually fairly recently passed away from a stroke in 2014 at the age of 87, um, which I did not know. I read that and um, I don't know if that ever came across like an article or anything like that. I know some of the bigger authors, you know, when they've passed away, I've seen those. But did you know? Um, No, I honestly didn't. I thought she was still alive. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, she's she would she's not young, but Mm, right. I, I wonder if her books maybe haven't held up and maybe it's something we can discuss in the um, in our, our podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, okay. So I'm going to do a synopsis. Uh, and there are spoilers, um, of course, because it is a synopsis. So hmm. April Hall is 11 years old and going into the sixth grade. Her mother, Dorothea, is an aspiring actress and she never knew her father who died during the Korean War. Her mother has dropped her off with her paternal grandmother, Caroline, to stay while she goes on tour, hopefully her big break. April doesn't want to stay with her grandmother, but she meets another 11-year-old, Melanie, who is one of their neighbors, 
And Marshall, who is Melanie's younger brother, he is four years old. He has a security octopus named Security. They quickly strike up a friendship based on books and imaginary stories. And I was like, oh, it's like our childhood. <sighs> um, and and when they accidentally stumble across an unused junkyard, they create the Egypt game. They try to re recreate Egypt through rituals, stories, and decor, like a kid version of LARPing. The, kid, the girls plus Marshall are joined by Elizabeth, a younger Chinese-American neighbor who moves into the apartment building, and Toby, a hyperactive boy who lives with his artist hippie parents, and Ken, who defies Asian stereotypes and is more like a classic American meathead. Um, <laughs> together, they develop the Egypt game, adding more and more rituals, including an oracle, and it seems that when a neighborhood girl is found murdered, which is pretty dark if you think about it, their game becomes much more serious and a little bit too scary. Who murdered the girls? Who is watching them? Will Marshall find his security octopus? Who is the creeper professor who owns a secondhand shop and the yard they play in? Dun dun dun, spoilers. So, <laughs> uh, creepy Ginger is the murderer and he tries to kidnap April. So many spoilers. Uh, the professor's been watching them and put security under the temple of Set to keep him safe during the rain. The professor is an actual anthropology professor who started the shop with his wife but she was murdered by people she was trying to help in mystery third world country mm, i don't think they said no. and yeah yeah we'll talk about that too um, <laughs> and quit working after her death to run the shop so that's sort of like i think everything they'll need to know right Anything yeah yeah that's, that seems about right i'm sure we'll go into more detail about stuff yeah. as we go i feel worse spoiling this book because it's a mystery <laughs> yeah that's true actually that's right? funny yeah 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 you could not help but like write your synopsis and sort of a, like what will happen like, yeah and I kind of wanted to just stop yeah and then I was oh. like but then you won't know if you haven't read the book yeah oh all right oh. uh we warned them though they should have stopped listening and read the book again it's a kid's book it's like less than 200 pages long it's got pictures the pictures are awesome by the way Go read it. Oh, they're so good. They're so they're good. Really good. Um, yeah. And I mean, the book was published like 50 years ago. You had yeah. plenty of time. <laughs> it's on you guys. It's all on you. It really is. I mean, in like 20 years, it's going to be like one of those free open source books. So <laughs> you know, 75 years of, you know, whatever. So yeah, yeah. it's closer to that than publication date. Mm. Okay. So let's talk about... Um, our first questions dive in. Yeah. What What was your first experience or memory of this book? So we're gonna start this every episode of this podcast exactly the same way, where I'm like, huh, I don't remember, but like I don't, <laughs> I can't tell if we actually I was younger when I read this one, or if it just like it it feels like a younger book. It's definitely a book for kids. Oh um, yeah, this book is what probably like a third fourth grade book. Probably, probably. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's like. I mean, now it's not an early chapter book, but it's not like a sixth grade book. Yeah, see, I, um, you know, it's it's funny also because I feel like I don't necessarily have good ways of sort of anchoring like what I was reading to like my life experiences at that time. I don't have like a, a memory of like talking about this book with anyone. I'm not sure we talked about it. Um, mm -hmm. 
I know I owned it. I remember I remember the cover very clearly. It like a purple book with a cover that's actually much better than the cover of the book I got from a used bookstore uh, recently. But yeah, I'm it was definitely elementary school though. Yeah, no, definitely elementary school. So I have I have those like monument those milestones in childhood where I can kind of do a before and after since we moved so much. So I know mm-hmm. it's definitely after we moved to Brea. So that would have been like fourth grade. Yeah. Um, and then it would have been before sixth grade, of course. And I feel like it was probably fifth grade, I'm going to bet. And I think it's because in fifth grade, or is it sixth grade, we were playing with Clara and we wanted to be witches. And we went to the library and we wanted to borrow books on, the, on witches mm-hmm. and do like witchy things. Witchy things, yeah. And I feel like that was inspired by this book. Interesting. You know, and so, I mean, I can't be sure that we said, mm. yes, let us let us do that. But I mean, I, I loved like the Egypt part of this book, mm-hmm. you know, so I think my first memory of it was like, wow, I want to I like playing games like that, you know, where you're yeah. kind of really immersive. And yeah, yeah. It's great because it's a book that um, it takes their sort of like make believe really, really seriously. And it's yeah. like, like you called it LARPing, but it's not really LARPing because there's like there's no rules. There's no kind of goal. Like they have very, they sort of have characters that are persistent, but not really like they're just playing, which is pretty great. Like, and it, um, it, it really takes seriously, like how important and how fun it is to just like, just play even without like kind of these more defined rules or structures or sort of like, you know, yeah. it's not even if like they were even really like write, writing down a story or like they were just, they're just playing make believe. Yeah. Well, I think that's a really interesting thing about this book was I I wonder if kids might have a harder time identifying with it now because they don't tend to have unstructured playtime like this anymore. Do they really not? No. I mean, no. I mean, okay. these kids like their parents literally don't know where they are at any given time. They're literally in this abandoned backyard. Yeah. For hours. Yeah. Every week. But our parents didn't know where we were at, at like any given time, like quite a lot of the time. Yeah, but kids. Kids like today, now, nothing. No, yeah. Yeah, it's super supervised. Yeah. And so I think it's really different. So like mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we grew up with that sort of stereotypical like, come home when the lights turn on. You know, the right. lights turn on. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I feel like that's probably like these kids. Like they come home when their parents come home at five thirty. Yeah. But they're eleven year olds. They're picking up their four year old mm-hmm. brother or you yeah. know neighbor kid. They're yeah. babysitting at eleven. Yeah. At night. Yeah. By yeah, yeah. 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 With murderers around. Yeah. You know. Like. Well, that's also really funny because I feel like the justification for why kids are supervised now is like because it's like stranger danger, and this book is explicitly about like a child <laughs> serial killer. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's, but I mean, if we talk about like now, it's so much safer. Like, if I don't, I don't have statistics to pull out of my butt or anything, but. Sure, I, sure there's all these stats that basically say that it's actually it is safer now you are less likely to be kidnapped by a stranger than <laughs> you know you were back in the 80s when yeah. you were, were you know in children it's true 90s 80s and yeah. 90s, yeah. 80s, and 90s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah i i actually and I, uh one of the cool things i read when i was again doing some research was someone actually wrote like a academic article about the Egypt game and actually they were the ones who originally described it as one of the first instances of children's literature possibly influencing the 
formation of D&D. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because in D&D, if you don't know, you should know, uh, it's, it's role-playing. There's a lot of rules to it, and so mm-hmm. people always cite um, miniature wargaming as a massive influence, which it was. It influenced Gary Gygax. Yeah. But it also has a lot of influences in the world building in particular, of course, Tolkien, other fantasy like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, this person suggests that perhaps it is also like children's play, imaginative play, this, this open-ended storytelling, yeah. you know, where you're kind of building upon each other. Yeah. You know, that influenced D&D. And I'm like, oh, you know, I could, I didn't read the whole article as long. But <laughs> I read the yeah. abstract. and like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, if, you know, we can hmm. we'll put it in the show notes. I'll put the link up there. Show notes. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah. I don't know if maybe there, I guess there's sort of like a D&D revival now that yeah. does put a lot of emphasis on storytelling and role play. All the podcasts are like, you're really not listening to the podcast because you want to like listen to people roll dice. You want us to hear, like, listen to people tell a story. Yeah. But, um, like, that aspect to D&D is super important. Like, it would just not be that that fun if it was just about mechanics. Mechanics well, are great, too. Yeah. I love mechanics. But, like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it's also important to just be, like, you know. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, you know, so third edition is when I, we, I, I've been playing D&D since childhood. And, you know, it's it's kind of gone back and forth where it's mm-hmm. gone rules heavy. And then I think this new edition, fifth edition which I haven't played quite yet, um, is much more story driven. You know, the rules tell you whether you succeed or not, but it's not about like, I talked to the person, can I convince them? Roll a dice, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. like, no, you're going to act out that scene. <laughs> yeah. And that that's a better way of, of playing. Otherwise, just go on a computer and, you know, play Diablo or play WoW right. or something. But even then, I mean, they put a ton of effort in, like, making these, like, you know, amazing fantasy graphics that, again, if it was just mechanics, it would not be important, right? Well, okay, so I am a terrible WoW player, and I just get through (laughs) all the um, lore. I know no lore. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, who's pouring through all this? (laughs) Who do I kill? (laughs) Uh, Okay, so... I anyway. kind of feel like we don't have really specific first memories of this book. Some we will, some we won't. Yeah. Like, I don't think yeah. this one does have one instance, but definitely this is one of the, I mean, it's, I've no, I've read this book a long time ago. My yeah. copy, I have my original copy still, and it is so rocking the 80s. If I can scan the cover, if we do show notes <laughs> and all that, I, I'm going to scan the cover for you guys or link yeah. one or something because it is fantastic. I feel like we should do that because I, the the cover that I strongly associate with these books is like very important to me. So I think we should do that going forward. Yeah, 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 right. I can like see it in my mind so clearly. Exactly. And, you know, they always talk about like, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. But <laughs> as a librarian, people so judge a book by its cover. Mm. Um, there's even one of the rules of like weeding books in libraries is if your copy the copy of your book is too old, but it's a classic, like Catcher in the Rye, or what's the one with, with uh, Pony Boy? Uh, the Outsiders? The Outsiders, sorry, I'm a terrible young adult librarian. <sighs> yeah. The Outsiders, they said if it's a classic book and, you know, you're supposed to get a new copy, but you're, the one you have is, you know, 10, 15 years old, they mm. actually say discard your old copy, get a new one with a newer cover. Mm. Because old artwork you know, it goes out of style and those kids are going to be like, oh, lame. 
<laughs> even if the book itself is still you know uh popular and relevant okay yeah because uh kids are super judgy mm. yeah true yeah they are okay covers important covers. important i will i will definitely we'll we'll, tr we'll link to our our childhood versions yes I, know, I wonder if yours is the same as mine do you remember what yours look like um so i believe it's like Marshall in the center with like his headdress. It's like this kind of realistic style drawing. There's like dramatic lighting. They're like doing some sort of Egyptian ceremony. Is the art vaguely look like Babysitter's Club? Yeah, the kind of that style. Okay, I think I have the same one. Yeah, he nice. looks super dramatic and he's all yes. cute and like looking off into the distance, like profile yeah, yeah, yeah. shot. Yeah. And there's Elizabeth in the middle gasping. Mm hmm. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, we totally have the same cover yeah okay cool so next question how has this book affected us as kids why did you or didn't you like this book as a kid so this is a book that you or at least i should say i as a kid read this book and was just like oh i want to do that like i want to do all of that i want to play the egypt game you know like i want to have all the special costumes i want to have this like tight-knit group of friends that like meet up in the secret hideout and like you know it's like it's it's, it's pure childhood fulfillment like I just want to do all of it yeah I think this book although I did not realize it is I have grown into basically doing all of these things oh you've grown like, into them <laughs> like I do them I mean I've been doing them but I didn't necessarily yeah. realize that this was like almost like a blueprint except for with you know child murder um <laughs> <laughs> but like costuming you know because mm -hmm. they dress up as the egyptian characters for halloween yeah, like yeah, yeah you know they they find this backyard they decorate it they you know make it look like their version of of ancient egypt mm -hmm. you know with like flowers and skulls and you know yeah. two altars to different deities mm -hmm. and all this stuff and so like yeah i do minor cosplay you know you're always looking for like a group of friends who understand the real you mm -hmm. you know not just like um and i think this especially with the maybe with the boys in particular mm. i don't think the girls were necessarily as concerned about fitting in but mm -hmm. the boys were mm, yeah and but i feel like maybe toby was able to be himself in egypt mm -hmm. where he couldn't at school like i think there was actually a part where he says something like that, that it's from his point of view and he's like oh well you know, if we can't talk about Egypt at school, like, mm -hmm. you know, you got to be cool at school. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, um, but being able to, again, you know, we, I think now there's a lot of this talk about being your authentic self, you know, being mm -hmm. able to, like, be the geek that you want to be is, like, really right. cool. And so as an right. adult, I feel like I'm able to more, which is mm -hmm. cool, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, you know? And, you know, all, all the fun stuff like that. So, yeah. And I definitely wanted to, like, play the egypt game or versions of egypt game mm -hmm. yeah our version of of the of being witches was not as good no it was not as well uh thought out do you remember any other like particular things that we got super obsessed with in like sort of our own sort of version of egypt games i was trying to think like obviously we were like super obsessed with greek mythology yes um <laughs> What else did we do? Well, I mean, no, I know like later it was anime, but that was that's later, quite a bit later. Like that was high school, right? I don't know. Were we really into musicals because of Clara? Um, I feel like that was more just like hanging on to sort of like Clara's cool older sisters yeah. <laughs> and, and their coattails. 
Yeah. Um, and that also seemed like older. Definitely I was like super into animal facts. I like read a lot about animals and associated yeah. facts. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, I remember because I, I remember, didn't, did you get Cat Fancy? I did get Cat Fancy, yes. You know those magazines aren't even called Cat Fancy and Dog Fancy anymore? You know what they're what? called? What are they called now? Catster and Dogster. That's terrible. If, I hate if it. they still exist before it, well, I don't know if it exists, but <laughs> yeah. the last I heard, they had changed their names to Catster okay. and Dogster. That is terrible. And I was like, yeah. you're glomming onto the coattails of Friendster, a defunct social media. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that seems about right. They were like, oh, no, we're not relevant. Like, we're, we're, we should only be 10 years behind the times. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of 20 years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I remember you had Cat Fancy. I feel like all of us kind of had our own little specialty animals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like we, ha- yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Yeah, this that- long before furries, guys. Don't get excited. But, like, no, yeah. no, no. <laughs> we had, like, a friend. She had Dog Fancy, and that was, like, mm-hmm. her thing. It's, like, she knew all the dog breeds. Yeah, 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 yeah. And for some reason, I always associate Clara with um, penguins and pigs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because she used to draw little, like, you know, her little cartoons all her the time. Her stuffed animals, which are uh, uh, Petunia, I think, was one of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, know, I still can picture her little cartoons. Yeah. So, like, for me, the animals she associates with are pigs mm-hmm. and, and penguins. I always like sheep for some reason. Oh, I'm born. Uh-huh. We're, we're all born in the year of the sheep. But, you know, I, uh, I associate with the year of the sheep. Oh, yeah. sorry. I just told him how old we were. Whoops. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wow, if you guys were trying to crack the code, like you just you got it handed to you. So congratulations. <laughs> oh, they're so old. <laughs> yeah, listen, just own it. We're old, we're wise. It's fine. It's good. It's like it wine. Good. Get better with age. That's right. And then you turn into vinegar. <laughs> uh, that might be happening. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, and then like our friend Michelle was like super into birds actually still into birds (laughs) (laughs) so yeah we definitely kind of all had a little niche but I think as a group like well I don't know was everyone else into Greek mythology or just us I don't know it might have just been us maybe just us I read a lot of Greek mythology yeah it's good stuff Um, it is good stuff (laughs) um but like witches was for some reason I think you were into Macbeth Mm-hmm. Even as like a fifth or sixth grader. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, I don't know why. Where did that come from? <laughs> I have no idea. Like, did you see the play somewhere? Maybe, Maybe. I did. That no, sounds like had like culture. Yeah, that sounds like something we would do. Yeah, yeah, like go to like a you know Cal State Fullerton play or something. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like something. I bet that's what we did. I bet that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. and I, I I swear it was probably something similar to like in this book. Where it was like, hey, I saw this cool thing on witches. It's Macbeth. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. pretend to be witches in, in, in during recess. Yes, yes. And I remember, like, real book fail. Because we went to the school <laughs> library. Do you remember this? I don't. Dude, go on, go on. So we went to the school library, you know, the elementary school library. And we went to the librarian and we asked her. We were like, we want to pretend to be witches. Like, Wait, did we really just like lay all our cards on the table like that? <laughs> I think it was not as secret as these kids were that you just gave kids. Um, or like, where are the books on witchcraft, right? Sure. Okay. And, that's, like, that's like, oh, excuse me. Can you tell us where the books on witchcraft are? I know. We're, we're 10. <laughs> yeah. In a conservative elementary school. <laughs> so I think the only book they had was 
bed knobs and broomsticks. Oh my god! <laughs> which did not satisfy our need for fake no. incantations. No, 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 no. Um, but we probably made up some fake fake chant, and we'd walk around the tree at recess. Remember, we'd step it's, on the roots. Yes, yes. Like the, mag- the magic tree. Yes, the magic tree. Yeah. <laughs> oh. We're so cute. Next time you're home, we should go and see if that tree's still there and take a picture. Oh, yeah. And then sure. we'll post it. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. We'll add a picture. I remember even like years later watching movies like The Craft or whatever and just kind of thinking, like, where are they getting these books? Like, <laughs> <laughs> clearly. I really kind of thought, like, there's probably just a book that says, like, Book of Spells, and it will have spells in it, and we can do the spells. <laughs> like, well, no, there actually are. So like, there are, but not in our elementary school library. <laughs> no, not our elementary school library. And I think one of the main differences between our lives and the Egypt game lives was that, again, their public library must have been a lot closer, or they had better public transportation or something, because they go to the public library to get all of their books. Well, and. Yeah. The, they're they're very clearly in Berkeley, California. Yeah, it's so yeah. Berkeley. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty great. Uh, and I can tell you, Berkeley has a pretty good public library. Exactly, so. and it's big, you know. And even yeah. if we could have gone to our local public library, mm-hmm. I mean, it was far. It's it's, it's a far. small branch library, and mm-hmm. I could see our community not really being cool with Wicca. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And also, as a public librarian, books mm-hmm. on witchcraft, Wicca, the occult, tarot get mm-hmm. stolen all oh. the time. So <laughs> even if you buy them, odds mm-hmm. are when someone wants it, it's already stolen. Oh, wow. wow. So, yeah. Nice. The rule like, of three, that's going to come back on you. You know, honestly, I just think, like, dude, it's a free book. Just read <laughs> it and return it. You can return it. You can yeah. photocopy that spell. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah it's just super frustrating because books always get stolen but um books like that get stolen a lot yeah do you have any specific like egyptian uh sort of like phase or like reading a lot about egyptian stuff you know i don't remember a specific where i got really super into egyptian mythology not quite as deep Mm -hmm. as greek mythology yeah but you know i mean definitely like mummies Mm, mummies are like so cool and like tombs Mm-hmm. And I feel like I probably borrowed a book from the school library on like the pyramids and how mm-hmm. they hid traps and stuff. <laughs> of course, you're like, are there traps? Yes, there are. <laughs> yes, right. Like tunnels. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Grave robbers, like yeah. all that stuff would have been so fascinating. I mean, mm-hmm. it's still fascinating to me. And I, I swear I probably had one of those like, I don't know if it was a DK book, but it's one of those big white books mm-hmm. with like diagrams on the yeah, inside. Yeah, I love those. Oh my god! And there's like the little arrows that point, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah, 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 with the kind of like exploded diagram section, so you can yeah. see. Yeah, yeah, cutouts. Yeah, yeah. That, by the way, that genre of book, basically the book that has like just a ton of pictures and like little captions, and you can just like stare at it for hours as a kid mm-hmm. and just like think about it. Mm-hmm. I loved all of those sort yeah. of things. And I yeah. have, you know, when I try to buy um, books for like friends, kids, I have trouble finding good ones. So I don't know what that genre is called, frankly. I mean, it's nonfiction probably. Right. But yeah. There's probably more than one publisher, but like the publisher I usually see mm-hmm. is um, DK uh, Dorling. I, I remember the yeah DK. It's DK books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're always these really large coffee table sized, mm-hmm. like generally white books. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And so, like, I have a bunch on, like, Star Wars. I have one on Wonder Woman. I have... Oh, wow, you know, they've gotten, like, very niche now. Oh, they have. They have gotten super niche. There's, I have one I'm probably, I bought on, like, Arms and Armor from Costco, you know. Like, it sounds like classic Shirley content, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it must be popular. Costco carries it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and co- what, Costco's, what Costco stocks is fascinating to me, but this is not a podcast about Costco. Um, we could totally do one, but it's about it's out good. of our uh, scope. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, I've you know, actually had a book that was just like all about outer space, and I spent so much time just like staring at it and like thinking about outer space. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's definitely more of a nonfiction reader, and so we get a lot of nonfiction books that are kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not quite the same because I remember those were primarily illustrated. Yeah. Um, and it'd be like life, daily life in ancient Egypt, daily life in a medieval castle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah. So okay. Um. So okay. clearly, we liked this book. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know if it directly affected us, like, as in, like, we were now Egyptians, but, right. you know, I think it was definitely... It was probably, if anything, more of a feedback loop. And like, we did a lot of this kind of, like, make-believe, obsessing about random stuff. Yeah, so I feel like it was kind of like a weird little kids that went off in our own little world a lot. Yeah. Um, but then I feel like we probably also read this book and thought, like, oh, great idea. Like, we will, you know embrace this sort of like Egypt yeah. game style. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember Pompeii? No, remind me. Pompeii. So one of our friends, she created a game called Pompeii where uh, we would dig in the sand pit and, the, hmm. and we had little rocks that we found and they were people mm-hmm. and they okay. would get buried at the end of every recess, which is where right. Pompeii. Right, right, right. So basically, we like we excavated Pompeii and then we yes. like revisuvisized it. Like, yes. <laughs> and for the some endless reason, cycle of Pompeii. Yeah, and for some reason, we would dig around the bases of the play equipment, mm-hmm. and we there was like this this kind of uh, clayish, tarry yes. substance that was black, and we called it cluck because it was kind <laughs> of like clay, but not. Yeah, but you could kind of like mold it into stuff. Yeah. And so we were like excavating for cluck. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and I yes. think we played that. I don't for how many weeks. Every recess, every like lunch. Yeah. Basically, until the lunch lady saw us and we're like, quit digging up the play equipment. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I feel like we were uh, like not very closely supervised, even at recess. <laughs> like, no. We we're just running around. It was no. fine. The was playground fine. games that we played would like be illegal now. Probably. And like, we, you guys, you have to remember, we were really good kids. We were yeah. like, we were very, the good kids. Oh, we were absolutely, we didn't know how to get in trouble. We literally <laughs> did not know. Oh my Although, goodness. do you remember um, you, using, uh, you know, the sort of olive trees that grew next to the playground? Do you remember we used to like, yeah. used to like write on the sidewalk with them? And then we got super yes. freaked out that we get in trouble. So we like buried it in sand, which was yeah. probably not a great strategy. <laughs> <laughs> But we never got in trouble, so I'm sure it was fine. I really don't remember a ton of adult supervision during the playground. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, it was a big playground, and there were no fences. That's true. Think about that. We weren't, like, locked in. We could have just, like, walked home, I guess. It just did not occur to us to do so. Yeah, I don't think anyone (laughs) did. Um, Now, when you go back, the whole school is um, fenced off, which is kind of a shame because it's also a public park. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
I, I walked to school in elementary because I would live very close. And like, yeah, my dad weirdly, like he asked me about this recently. Like, how did you guys get to elementary school? Did your mom drive you? It's like, no, we walked. Like it was so close. Did you but walk now, from like a super young age too? I think probably since we, you know, from, from first grade, probably. I mean, I remember really young people would like walk to school. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I couldn't walk to school because I lived um, quite a bit further away. I lived in a different neighborhood, um, so I had to get dropped off. Um, yeah, like, I would, like, if I was going to your houses, I would totally just, like, walk just there. Walk. And it wasn't even, like, a long walk. It was, like, a oh, two-minute walk. So short, yeah. Well, not two minutes, but, like, five minutes. Yeah. yeah. And probably for a child, it was a little more, but, like, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, you know, six, seven years old, it would just be, like, all right, it's, it's. I don't know when school started. It's eight o'clock. It's time to watch school. Yeah, they just <laughs> like it used to be like everyone. They just boot you out of the house and say like, get there, you know. <laughs> we did, and we did, and we survived. Yeah, we did great. <laughs> well, now you're super independent, so it worked mm. out. So I think the meat of this conversation. What are you <laughs> rereading it? Mm, super fascinating. So mm-hmm. I definitely some of the books that we're going to reread. I have reread many times, even as an adult. This yeah. book I have not read since I was a child. Yeah. And before I started rereading it for this podcast, if you'd asked me, what is the Idris game about? Like, what is the plot? I would have been like, I do not know what the plot is, but I know that some kids played in each of game. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the whole plot about the child murderer gone from my mind. I did yep. not remember it at all. So, and yeah, we get to the first point where like um, a child in their neighborhood is murdered. And so the sort of the impact it has on the kids are like the parents all kind of freak out. And they mm-hmm. tell all the kids that like, oh, you have to play at home now. You can't go outside. And like the parent, the kids are not really scared. They're kind of like, oh, this is such a pain. We want to go outside. I feel like I, as a kid, also like just sort of had that same attitude. It's just like, oh wow, like this sucks. They like you can't go outside, and not like, oh man, I can't believe someone is murdering children. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, even though there is a very dramatic kind of like climax to the book where the child murderer actually attacks, you know, April, one of the main characters, and they, they're only dramatically saved by uh, the mysterious professor. And I do remember like there's a particular phrase. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up, actually. There's just a, um, a, a, a turn of phrase that did stick in my mind when I reread it about like the actual attack. The, actually, the attack is explained in like an, a really uh, interesting way. It's also it's really short. For being such a pivotal part of the book. Yeah. Yeah, just the this description of big hard fingers uh, smothering the scream that sprang into her throat. Yeah, there's just like this hand on her throat. She never sees her attacker. And it, I think, describes very well the thoughts. I mean, you know, I don't know. I've never been, like, attacked by a child murderer. But um, mm-hmm. it feels really realistic. Uh, her reaction is that, uh, like, she can't get away or make any noise because she's being strangled, basically. She manages to, like, twist this board the wrong way so, like, the na- the nails make a big screech, which also, like, felt very vivid in my mind. The Like, the little boy, who is four, is, like, four. unable to yell for help because he's just, like, you know, frozen in shock, which is completely understandable. <laughs> yeah, and he's not a super talkative boy to begin with. It's true, it's true. Um, and then finally, the uh, the mysterious professor that owns the junk shop, whose yard they are playing in, um, sees them and uh, calls for help and actually uh, like saves the day. So it's pretty dramatic, yeah. but it was not really that important to me as a child. <laughs> like, not enough to retain. <laughs> no, no, which is super interesting. I think the thing that was super important to me reading this as a kid was, I think, A, 
the fact that they had this game, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, the fact that they had a like a secret place to go was super super amazing. Yeah. Um, even house. though, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So even though we were basically feral and just ran around and no one was really watching us, right? Um, we didn't have like a secret hideout like this. Um, no, not really. Like no, no one had a treehouse. No yeah. one had yeah you know, a basement or anything. Yeah, I mean the best we had was like your house, which was like kind of like our clubhouse because your parents were like never home, largely so, unsupervised. <laughs> yeah, largely unsupervised. Again, we were like the best kids. We're such good kids. Um, yeah, but yeah, like very jealous. Of, and they the, even the kids themselves recognize that like playing Egypt in their house is not as fun. It's like having this little space that like only they know about and they mm-hmm. can put their stuff up and just no no adults will ever see it. And then I think the third thing that really struck me um, reading the book now is that for the most part, the like the kids themselves take the game very seriously. I mean, kind of like modern uh, improv turn, uh, you know, parlance, they always yes and each other. Like they don't make fun of each other. They don't yeah. you know, like in this kind of like make believe you know, playing. Um, if someone kind of like is not really buying into it, is not really playing along, it like immediately stops being fun. Right. Um, and they are just completely committed to it. Even like um, when the, so on Halloween night, this was like somewhat recently after, again, the child was murdered and they're not yeah. allowed outside. Um, they finally decide that they can kind of go out and tricky treat in these sort of like large chaperone groups which again in 1967 it was a compromise that like an adult would take you trick-or-treating like they expected to be able to just go trick-or-treating by themselves 11 year old 11 years old and younger uh, yeah elizabeth <laughs> is nine elizabeth is nine yeah, yeah. <laughs> marshall's four but and then uh, so they they sneak away so they can finally go back to egypt and uh the, so the two boys like just kind of like sneak in and like crash their party and they're just like oh my god they're gonna you know they're gonna tell on us they're gonna make fun of us and yeah. like the boys actually buy into it and start playing too yeah. Um, and that it just seemed like now it feel like, oh, man, like that's such a wish fulfillment. But it just seems like so amazing that because uh, I remember very I mean, I'm sure you have these memories, too. But I think like in later elementary school, like probably into junior high, you start getting to this point where like maybe some of your friends are like more grown up than you are and they don't want to play these games anymore. And it's yeah. just like it's the saddest thing. It's like I was yeah. obviously like a very like a mature, you know, child and like <laughs> continued wanting to do these sorts of things like long before um, some of my other friends like did not. But it's just it, like it's just so as an adult, it's so charming. It's so kind of heartwarming to feel like these, yeah. um, you know, even even though the boys like they clearly can make fun of them and they do a little bit, but they, they want to play too. And they totally they do. Them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so like, again, Ken, who's kind of the, uh, the meathead jock yeah. one, <laughs> but he's still like into it, you mm. know, like he gets kind of self um, conscious. Yeah, about yeah, it. yeah. Yeah. And he's just like, Oh my gosh, what am I doing? Kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> he's still very gamely plays along, you know, mm-hmm. and is a good sport about it. And, and yeah. Toby is just like, all in (laughs) yeah 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 he's clearly like a budding drama drama geek oh yeah he is yeah I mean I think I had sort of very similar feelings Uh about it Uh so um I'm trying to think I probably did reread it at least once or twice Uh since then but not super recently but Uh still if you asked me what the book was about prior to rereading Uh my entire emphasis would have been like they make believe Egypt. Like Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's the important part. Like and, yeah. <laughs> and so like now I'm rereading it 
And I'm like, man, they talk about a lot of other stuff. When does it get good? You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I didn't remember that the whole beginning is from the professor's perspective. Yes, um, I think yeah. I vaguely remember there was child murder. Like, it was a mystery because <laughs> I probably had to talk to some kids about this at, at work. Mm-hmm. But, you know, mm-hmm. like, if I had to upsell this to a kid, I would be like, they play Egypt, not totally. there's totally. a mystery. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, to me, the mystery is so, like, tertiary to why I like this book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't read a lot of mysteries. I really don't. But I like <laughs> historical fiction. <laughs> <laughs> I like fantasy. Yeah, yeah. I don't read mysteries. Another thought I had was that I don't think I realized it then. And, of course, you know, at the time, the time between publication was less. Also, I was a kid. But I feel like particularly a lot of the slang has really dated itself. Oh, for sure. Oh, my gosh. There's a lot Um, of it that even at the time, I remember not understanding it. So, like, um, when the boys, like, catch them on Halloween night, like, they're just, like, falling around laughing. And then finally, Toby was just like, hey, April, how do you say panic button in Egyptian? And I was just like, as a kid, I was like, what does that mean? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and they don't say, like, are you going to rat on us? Are you going to think think on us? Yeah. They say that, like, 15 times. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) And so I feel like as a kid, maybe that wasn't as jarring and maybe I just didn't really understand what that word meant. But now I'm just like, dude, choose a different <laughs> word. <laughs> well, again, as a kid, I just assumed like, oh, there's lots of words I don't know. I don't know the meaning of, but like, because I just I read a lot of things like, you know, yeah. but things that were not grade level. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I just always assumed like, oh, like if if I don't understand it, it's probably just because I haven't like, I'm too, I'm too little, but yeah, I'm just yeah. going to keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Figured out your context later. Yeah, 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 yeah. By the way, um, I don't know if you've, you've looked back at, like, Calvin and Hobbes recently. I did not understand, like, a large percentage of the jokes in Calvin and Hobbes. They're pretty adult. <laughs> not adult, like, like you know, like, adult themes. But they're, like, pretty advanced vocabulary, pretty advanced, like, uh, concepts. <laughs> Calvin and Hobbes was not written for children. <laughs> it definitely was not. I loved it as a child. I think it's one of those kind of like the Simpsons where there's a lot of layers to it, you know, or like Pixar films, right? Like kids Mm -hmm. are going to enjoy it on one level and the parents that are watching it with them are going to enjoy it on a different level. Um, But like there was like a lot of other words that kind of really stood out to me. Like they describe Ken as um, all American oriental. I was like, oriental. Oh, really? Because my copy, which was, let me check again, uh, printed in um oh 1986 and they it definitely says uh all amazing all american asian what brad ken yeah oh you know i think maybe they have like updated the language well so mine was printed my copy was printed in 86 and they also used the word negroes to describe Melanie and her brother and their family. Wow. So that's I think... one of the first words they use to describe them. Oh, my this... notes are Egypt game starts from professor's point of view, father dying mm-hmm. Korean war, details mm-hmm. from that era, 1960s Berkeley clearly. Mm. Negroes. Wow. Okay, yeah, yeah my um my copy says African American. <gasps> <laughs> they updated it. They updated it. it is in one year. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, January 19, 1986, 1986. Wow. So um, one of the other things I noticed was that the grandmother works at the, at the library, the college library. And I'm like, that's Berkeley. She works at the Berkeley library. How cool is that? (laughs) Melody's dad is a grad student uh, at like clearly at Berkeley. Right. Yeah. So there's like details like that are really cool. Um, I realized April's mom is a crappy parent. Like, For sure. <laughs> you realize that she's crappy as a kid, but yeah. then you realize how much crappier she is as an adult. I think as a kid, like when your parents do things that you don't like, you sort of feel like, you know, I'm mad at you or like, but you yeah. sort of feel like, well, you know, they're the grownups. They kind of like make the rules. Like you can't really like judge their conduct because you're only a kid. Mm-hmm. But like, <laughs> as an adult, you're like, huh. So you just pawn your uh, your kid off on um, your mother-in-law and just like, you know, yeah. Yeah. just bounce. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, what I was actually wondering was, so the story that is told is that her father died in the Korean War, right? But she doesn't really know much about her father. But I don't know. I, I just kind of feel like it's sort of, it's so weird though. Because like, yeah, she's a single mother. It sucks. Like being a widow with a young mm-hmm. child now and you want to be an actress and like live your best life. But yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, she really just absconds, like, all these mm-hmm. responsibilities. Yeah. And, like, I think probably as a kid, I didn't realize it until they were like, oh, we got married. Like, she marries her agent. Yeah, but, like, yeah, yeah. For the whole time when I was reading it, I was like, oh, she's so into that guy. Like, yeah. that guy's so skeezy. And <laughs> yeah. You, you sense the foreshadowing, like, a lot mm-hmm. sooner. Yeah, it was just really interesting. Like, I just felt like there were so many um, differences, you know, again, between the way people played back then versus kids Mm -hmm. now, the way we talked. And so, yeah, I was wondering if that might play a part in, like, I don't, I don't recall this book being super popular, like, when I was working. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. I almost feel like that's kind of a shame. I feel like we read a ton of stuff that we sort of, like it was not really written for us, you know, mm-hmm. we just read a lot of random stuff and yeah. we adapted to it or it just like glanced right off of us and we, and we didn't really like take any of it in. But I mean, I feel like the psychology of the characters is actually, I think like very well described. Yeah. That's like, pre- I think quite universal. You know, I think maybe the, 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 the you know, that's, I think that's the problem with writing contemporary books, mm-hmm. right? She's writing it for a very sort of 1960s mm-hmm. Berkeley. And since it's no longer that era, like you see how things are not like that anymore versus when you read again historical fiction, you just mm-hmm. know it's not like that. And you accept that, you know, they're going to talk a little bit different. They're going to do different things. They're going to eat different things. Yeah. But you no, know, I mean, you notice that there's like, there's no cell phones. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the questions later that we'll talk about more, but I kind of want to skip ahead because I think yeah, let's it's do really it. relevant is um, there was a sequel written to this book called The Gypsy Game. Mm -hmm. At the end of this book, they the kids kind of feel like, oh my gosh, like Egypt is not the same anymore. Like after Mm -hmm. all this has happened, how can we still continue Mm. to play this one game? But then April's like, what do you know about gypsies? And I think when we were reading it, we were like, oh, what do they know about gypsies? (laughs) Um, But it turns out that uh, I think in the 90s, maybe 97, Mm -hmm. check the date later, but I think it's 97, the author wrote a sequel called The Gypsy Game, which Mm. I only heard about a couple months ago because I was volunteering in my son's school library and I came across this book and I was like, what? What is this book? Um, Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Um, Okay. Um, Yeah. 
the cover I have, the cover art is copyright uh, 2004. So forget what I said. Like, why does the um, the 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 title page? That's weird. What does it say? So you know, like with where yeah. the ISBN is and all that, it says you know, like title page verso. Yeah, the verso. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it it's like the most the most recent date on it is um, January uh, 1986, but the cover is copyright uh, 2004, so it's clearly much much later. What's going on there? Is that the year they rewrote the words? I mean, they must have. They must have. They must have. I don't feel like Oriental was like not considered worthy of updating <laughs> in like the mid eighties. <laughs> we were not like at that point. Huh. I don't know. I mean, no. Remember our friend who was really like hated Oriental. She was like, Oh no, no, no. Not that it wasn't like bad, but more that they would be like, it'd be worthwhile for them to like reprint the book. <laughs> like, no, but this was the eighties and she was super into it. Oh yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Um, So my copy is copyright 67. Mm-hmm. and printed in 86. Okay, okay, okay. So All right. it, it changed at some point. It changed at some point, but, like, definitely we have different copies. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, interesting. interesting. This, this I, weird. Yeah. So, yeah. anyways, the Gypsy Anyways, game. the Gypsy so, Game. Yeah. So different really? from... The Egypt game. First of all, spoilers, <laughs> they don't really play a gypsy game at all. It's literally yes. all mystery because Toby like runs away. And I'm like, man, who's the character I like least in this book? <laughs> and the whole book is like about him and like he runs away or whatever. And then you mm-hmm. got to find him. And then they talk about the homelessness. And I was like, okay, if it's Berkeley, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, but, you know, there it's very in 97 and it was it seemed like it was more to that era it wasn't mm-hmm. still didn't still feel like the 60s mm-hmm. um but they're trying to find they're trying to get a hold of his father and he's like run around and like call from pay phones and stuff and i'm like mm-hmm. yeah now you just without a cell phone and you would find him so it's it's really really different you know i feel like what they they keep updating these different movies what et they change the guns into oh like, <laughs> lots of and, yeah, yeah 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 yeah, okay. so your copy of the Egypt game got retconned. <laughs> it, totally got retconned. it totally got retconned. That's wild, actually. Yeah, I, I, who knew? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that, I, you know, one of the questions is, notice anything different, new perspectives and insights? I think <laughs> we've been talking about that. Yeah. Oh, that is really weird. Because yeah. um, the typeface is definitely the typeface I remember. And the pictures are definitely like, we should talk about the illustrations, actually, because they're amazing. Yeah, let's do that. I think from what I saw on the internet, the original cover for the Egypt game would have used the same art style as the interior. Does Makes sense. Who are the illustrators? Drawings by Alton Rabel? R-A-I-B-L-E. I, I don't think they would have print, been printed in full color. I think they've always been mm. um, black and white. Yeah, yeah definitely. Grayscale. Definitely. Um, they're really interesting. Like the first picture you see, aside from the cover mm-hmm. is a picture of the professor in his curio shop and he's just peeking out the window yeah. and it is a haunting face yeah I mean, it's like rasputin you know totally, totally totally it looks very sinister right he has sunken eyes he's just sort of a bit a bit skeletal like his mm-hmm. face he's got a big kind of unkempt beard mm. like no wonder the kids in the neighborhood were so scared of him mm-hmm. that is 
I mean, it is, it's an image, you know, yeah, for sure. but I love how they draw the kids, you know, and you see a picture of April and she's, mm-hmm. she pretends to be like very old school Hollywood starlet. She has this, this updo that she doesn't really know how to do. And she yeah. has <laughs> these false eyelashes that are always droopy and kind of crooked, mm-hmm. you know, um, and she pretends to like, just be so cool. And she's like, oh, you guys are such children, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Because she's really angry. Mm. <laughs> she's got yeah, a lot yeah, of angry yeah. feelings. Yeah. But the art is really great. I just, for me, my favorite part is all the pictures of Marshall. He's so adorable in all yeah. of them. <laughs> so I really like it. I mean, I always felt like they drew April and they made her look really old. Like her face mm-hmm. looked old. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think it's because of the way they she styles her hair and the way she's mm-hmm. doing her, you know, eyelashes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, if if um, you know, definitely for our our listeners out there, check out <laughs> the art. It is it's very very interesting. It's very evocative. Yeah, there's this amazing um like two page illustration of them um performing the ceremony for the dead, and it's these like you know six kids in their Egyptian outfits, and uh they're like you know, holding their hands over their heads and they're like wailing in grief to like mm-hmm. sort of various degrees of being into it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But it's like, it's just super expressive. No, it is super great. Like that was one of the things I think I really love. So you have Toby who's like super into it. They're mm-hmm. um, throwing a funeral for um, Elizabeth Bird who was murdered by a cat. Toby's like super into it. He's like dribbling ash, actual ash <laughs> into his hair. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then they were saying how April and Melanie were super into it, but like mm-hmm. they were like they were also as wailing and pounding their chests and stuff like that. But they were like they were not going to put ash into their hair because no- nothing could convince a girl to do that. Yeah. You know. And then I remember like, thinking at that time, it's like, oh, I would hella do it. <laughs> well, I I think I, I'm gonna talk about this in a little bit, but you know, I'm like gender. Gender. Um, so, and then, like, the two younger kids are, like, kind of less into it. And I love the picture of Ken in the back. He just looks so half-hearted. Like, yeah. he's just like, what am I doing here? Yeah, he's <laughs> basically looking at the camera. Um, he there's no camera, But he's just like, it's like, it's like the office, you know? He's just like, that's me. I guess you're wondering what, how I got into this mess. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, it's totally like a shrug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really good. Um, so let me, let me talk about gender a little bit. I think, you know, cause this book was written in the sixties, right? And I think although it's overall fairly progressive, like it is multicultural up the wazoo. Yeah. Know, right. Like these kids in an era before babysitters club where you have sort of the token, token black kid, token Asian, yeah. kid, you know, whatever. Um, it's very multicultural, which makes sense for Berkeley, right? Because you would have a lot of mixing there. Yeah. Um, because Elizabeth is Chinese, Ken is Japanese American. Again, uh, Melanie and her family is they're African American, um, and they don't really make a big deal about race at all. Like, there's mm. very little, like, just dis- there's no, um, basically there's no discussion about it culturally. Yeah. I, oh, and Toby's Hispanic, by the way, which you barely even notice. Yeah, his last name's like Avalar. Avalar, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's Hispanic, but you, like, would not even know. Right. Yeah, but I kind of feel like, I'm like, but, I'm like, is that progressive? But is it if you don't talk about culture? Because, so, <laughs> Elizabeth's father had passed away. So his mother, or she, her, her mother is a single mom. There's, I think, a couple of other daughters. Mm-hmm. She moves this apartment to live closer to her mother who lives three blocks away. Mm. And I'm like, mm, Chinese family would have moved in. Yeah. <laughs> True that. Yeah. But, well, they wouldn't. If, if they had space, they yeah, for sure. In for sure. Parents. 
yeah for sure so I'm like ah yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. um but 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 speaking of gender I felt like Mm. there was a bit of genderizing in these books because the boys Uh. are like what did I say very gender defined Mm -hmm. Uh, Toby and Ken are very much classic boys especially at school where they're like teasing the girls Mm -hmm. and they're like and like oh yeah. you're lame you know kind of stuff they do they have to do sports stuff they get after school mm-hmm. jobs they really no, they, they pretend to get after school jobs oh yeah but like that would have been normal for a 11 year old boy I guess <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> I I mean who the hell knows probably it was honestly I mean uh, yeah probably but anyways that's it's it, but yeah but I mean yeah. I feel like it was very defined like when they mm-hmm. need to make money they actually do go and bode lawns yeah 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 that's true that's true and the girls like pick up bottles yeah because they can't find another part like they can't babysit I don't know like mm. I mean that's gender too but but still right like yeah, they yeah, can't yeah. mow a lawn they can't they can't yeah sure. yeah that's it though I, I um I feel like it was probably accurate to the time and also um honestly I, I feel like the way that the boys and girls interact seems very much like the way that they interacted when we were in elementary school like self-segregated at that age <laughs> no it was definitely much of very much like ew boys gross okay. and i don't think we started making friends with guys until like late junior high yeah yeah Which is probably early but we were weird kids so you have to you have to glom onto your other fellow weird kids regardless of gender definitely Definitely. yeah 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 so yeah I thought it was I thought that was kind of interesting and what was it anything different oh yeah and then I was like wow the professor's an anthropology professor yeah (laughs) I'm like I don't think I knew what anthropology was when I first Mm -hmm. read this book Mm -hmm. because I don't think I knew what anthropology was until college (laughs) yeah 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 and then I majored in anthropology (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, I think also, like, what's interesting is that he talks about his wife was trying to, like, help these people. And it's so interesting because, like, again, words you could not use now. He describes them as primitive cultures, primitive people. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking back at my copy now. I was like, we did update this language. I bet they, Because uh... definitely when I was in school, like, in college studying anthropology, like, they mm-hmm. were saying, they were like, you do not describe cultures as primitive. Like, that mm-hmm. is a very value <laughs> Oh, yeah. Values yeah, 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 they definitely, they use the word primitive. Yeah, that that has not been updated. Yeah. Uh, Wait, I mean, I went to also like a super hippie school. So, sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, I mean, now it'd be like not kind of not so kosher. I thought it was interesting. And then she was like murdered by the people. Right. <laughs> and it was, I like how um, little this is described. It's just like, oh, yeah, well, you know, that just happens sometimes. <laughs> There's like a yeah. native you know it's like it's practically the british raj um yeah yeah. and this is like you know berkeley liberals in the 60s but yeah yeah. (laughs) how liberal so to me you know like when i was first reading i forgot kind Mm -hmm. of that part Mm -hmm. and i was i hadn't quite got to the part about how she died and then i was like thinking of like malaria (laughs) yeah yeah. cholera Yeah, for because sure. Because that sure. seems to me a very likely way of someone dying when you, you know, are living in the jungle or out in the bush or wherever sure. you are. Because they, I don't think they even say what country it is or no, like where exactly. They do not. It's just the mysterious, like primitive things. Primitive tribes. Yeah. By the way, uh, mm. the professor's wife that he loves so dearly uh, was his student. He married one of his students. 
Yeah. But yeah, again, awkward. it was the 60s. It was probably happening all the time. Probably did happen all the time. You marry your grad students? Yeah. Right? I don't even know if she was a grad student. She might have been no. a... <laughs> but it's fine it's fine don't worry about she it she might also have been kind of young in college because if it wasn't her major i don't think she was an anthropology major i think she was no she wasn't she was like an, or an, something yeah she was she was an artist yeah she was taking the class because she wanted to learn about like the pottery and art styles so if you're taking she's <laughs> 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 She's wow. <laughs> and she, I mean, it seems like she was taking it out of interest. It, it could have been an elective. Sure. Anyway, listen, the woman's dead. She was killed by primitive natives. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Read into it as you will. <laughs> so, Actually, yeah. though, if we're talking about like, uh, you know, the differences. So the, the big sort of like happy ending is that after, you know, they, they catch the child murderer and they've like basically all the adults have found out that they're going to this like secret yard to play the Egypt game. The professor comes to their apartment and meets them all like at Christmas and he gives them keys so they can come into the yard at any any time that they want. Yeah. And all of the parents know about this and are cool with it. <laughs> yeah, because prior right pri- uh, prior to this after the they discover the murderer. Oh, and the, so the murderer is a stock boy who works for one of the local businesses. He's, and this is also, I think, also very much of the times, they talk about him as, like, mentally ill, and he's got issues, which are never fully really explained, but, like, right. how he wasn't going to go to jail, even though he totally murdered, like, multiple children? Yeah, multiple children. Because he needs to go to, like, a mental hospital, like a, a mental sanatorium kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was so bananas. Um, <laughs> but after this, they board, they padlock up, and they, they, they close off the... The, the Egypt area because um, mm-hmm. they were kind of sneaking in through like a gap in the wall mm-hmm. um, and so the kids thought oh now what are we going to do like our our game is ruined we can't play this in our bedrooms but yeah he get they get keys to this and it's like yeah totally play in the backyard of this neighbor guy's you know backyard mm-hmm. sort of odd and they do continue to play in it because in the gypsy game <laughs> they play in that backyard right 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 yeah it's it's really kind of strange mm. oh okay uh do you like it better or worse now does it hold up so i think i read it very differently i think very much as we've been talking about it. as a kid i read it and it just felt like i want to be in this world like i want to do this i um, thought it was like a handbook for how oh, absolutely there, absolutely right? yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i think now um so it's written in such a way, I mean, you were mentioning historical fiction and it's, um, the book is not written as sort of like, this is what it's like to be in Berkeley in the sixties, which incidentally was an interesting time. Yeah. Um, oh, demonstrations, like, Marshall and demonstrations. Oh, that is so cute. Like, um, <laughs> and I think even as a kid, I didn't really understand what that meant. No. Um, but they like, yeah, so they're, they're out trick or treating and they're, they're walking in a big group. And like yeah. he, he gets really upset because he wants to be carrying a sign because he thinks that they're like at a, at a protest. Because <laughs> it's Berkeley. This is Berkeley. And they're trying to explain like, no, no, Halloween is for candy. Like demonstrations are for like peace. <laughs> yeah. And I, I absolutely love that as a four-year-old he knows what a protest is, Absolutely. but he doesn't know what Halloween is. Like he's, like he's been at one before. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. (laughs) Probably has. It's really good. Yeah, but um, yeah. So the book is not written. It's um, 
you could imagine the book being written as sort of like, this is what it's like to live in Berkeley in the 60s. And it's not at that at all. It just sort of like foregrounds everything as if this is like a normal experience, like any kid could like relate to this. So as a kid, I was just like, oh, yeah, like the 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 characters all think this is normal. It's like, great, this is this is normal. And as an adult, I'm reading, it's like, oh, this is so interesting. You can see like, because um, I went to Berkeley, I lived in Berkeley for several mm-hmm. years. And so I'm thinking like, oh, like, I'm imagining which neighborhood this is. It's like, this is like how people are connected to the university. This mm-hmm. is so oh, and I also want to mention um, Toby's Halloween costume. So his dad is, as you say, a hippie artist. Yep. And he asked his dad, like, what should I be for Halloween? And his dad's like, first, like, I don't care. I have to do art. And then he like gets this idea. <laughs> and he like constructs this costume out of a bunch of cardboard boxes and then pastes advertisements all over it. And it's just like a symbol of American culture or something. It's like What's this Andy Warhol pop art. I think as a kid, I was just like, oh, all right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, as an adult, you read it and you're like, oh, his dad was really into this because it kind of gets bashed up and his dad's all bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His dad gets bad. (laughs) But now I'm just like, oh, man, that's amazing that you're just like, you know this uh this this sculpture in the 60s and you're like i'm gonna send my my kid to school as like a critique of american consumerism it's, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's really good anyways yeah, yeah. yeah. so I, what i was i was trying to say in a really long blended way is that like as a as an adult it like i read it totally differently and i read it as kind of like a window into the 60s but i also feel like reading it as an adult it was kind of like a window into like kind of how you see things as a kid and i actually think it does a really good job of, of sort of capturing those attitudes Mm-hmm. and how yeah. you see things as a kid and what's important to you as a kid yeah I mean I feel like that's that's pretty true um I mean I did not go to Berkeley but um you know I mean I've been there enough where you know even though again it never says it you're like oh man you know exactly where this takes place yeah um yeah and so yeah like Toby's dad is a complete like Berkeley archetype um, you meet him a lot more in the next book and you learn a lot more about his backstory and you like read about like the where they live and it's like kind of like rundown warehouse and there's all crazy art around <laughs> and like he's a sculptor he's I don't think he does as much painting I think it's more like sculpturing and, and mm-hmm. art and stuff it's really 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 it, yeah it's, it's an interesting time I think I don't know if I liked it better because my love of it was Egypt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I realized that Egypt is like half the book. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And there's so much more to it, which is not like bad necessarily, but mm-hmm. just not what I, what I, what I loved, you mm. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not the part that I was like craving, you know, like I was mm-hmm. reading it and trying to be good and not skimming. Ah! which is what I do. It's <laughs> funny. And I'm like, I gotta read everything. <laughs> yeah. So sure, you're so lazy. <laughs> but I mean, like, I read fast because I skim. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I'm like, oh, I gotta read every word now. But I mean, it also meant that I caught things that, like, oh, yeah. not, you shouldn't do that anymore. Yeah. You know? <laughs> hey, 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 stop, stop mm-hmm. rattling things. You're making a ton of noise. Sorry, I'm tapping. I know, we need to get you, like, a fidget spinner or something. I don't like fidget spinners. We need to get you a, like a quiet thing <laughs> you can play with. <laughs> I do. I have a um, fidget cube somewhere. There you go. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't say it's bad, mm-hmm. but I definitely, it's not what I remembered. Mm. 
You know? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And like, I kind of think like what I recommended to Wesley, you mm-hmm. know, Wesley's a little young for it still. Yeah. But I don't know if I would. Hmm. Because I feel like, you know, now children's literature, the mm-hmm. pacing is so much quicker. You know, and generally like contemporary novel, there tends to be so much humor. Mm. You know, and again, mm. there is self-referential and mm-hmm. there's pop culture stuff and there's yeah. a lot of, you know, like poop jokes or whatever. Like <laughs> there's just a lot of humor. Interesting. And a lot, and I think in a lot of books, but yeah, it, I think it's the pacing that would mm-hmm. probably kill most modern children because oh. kids book nowadays, if you're reading an early chapter book, I'm going to say those are probably like 120 pages. Okay. You know, like if you're reading a book in like third, fourth grade and you read something like Magic Treehouse, which is probably a little bit younger, like third grade, maybe level. Yeah. Those books go so quickly. The chapters are really short. Like a lot of stuff happens. There's a lot of action in it. There's not a lot of action in this book. Like really, most of it is describing, well, like the place and the setting and, you know, Mm -hmm. and Egypt. Yeah. But really driving action like mm-hmm. the bird dies there's a murder there's halloween right. right you know the overarching plot about how her mom never writes mm-hmm. but you know if you're talking about like act one act two you're looking for mm-hmm. those markers yeah they don't really exist but but what's interesting is that you that's the, the part of it that you loved was the stuff that had nothing to do with any of that yeah but i'm weird yeah 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 <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah. now you're right. like they're they're they want that that quick quick pacing so james mm. patterson is mm. particularly known for a really fast style of writing or his co-authors are known for a quick mm-hmm. style of writing where they're like the chapters are like two pages long it's ridiculous oh yeah but like there's always stuff happening and the kids love that book they really mm. love the james patterson books adults love james patterson books mm. um versus something like gone with the wind which i've not read but it's like a it's a door stopper you know, okay, so. why did you go back to Gone with the Wind? Like, have you seen the Game of Thrones books? <laughs> yeah. like, but Game of Thrones has a lot of stuff going on. I'm That's assuming, true. like, Gone with the Wind is going to take its time. That's true. That's <laughs> describing true. everything. So I think just the, you know, does it hold up? Mm-hmm. Like, in my mind, it's not like it's bad. But I yeah. think, you know, you throw it to a modern, you know, current mm-hmm. child. <laughs> child. You know, yeah. 11-year-old, like, kids mm-hmm. our age when we read this book. Yeah. And I don't know if they would find the magic in it the way we did. Oh, that makes me sad. Yeah. But I mean, if, but think about it, though. Like, oh, first of all, we were weird kids. We were weird But kids. I do think books are written differently now. If yeah, a book yeah. doesn't grab you in the first chapter, it's like, oh, mm. dump it, you know? Mm. So yeah. I literally did not realize you were allowed to stop reading books before you were finished until I was, like, quite old. <laughs> it never occurred to me not to do that. Yeah, I, I don't get it. <laughs> how did, right? how did like, you not finish books? Do you want to know how it ends at least? <laughs> no. It's really no, weird. There, there were some books that I like didn't want to read, and I mm-hmm. didn't, but I wanted to find what happens. I just skipped yeah. the last chapter. Yeah. Which yeah. is blasphemous, but I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, like, I think a friend of mine lent me a romance novel, which, like, no shade of romance novels, but, like, this one was not a good one. Um, mm-hmm. And I'd read like half of it and was like, oh my God, I hate this book. I hate the characters like Mm. this, but I'm like, my friend lent me this book. I feel like obligated to read it. And so I just like read all the dialogue. (laughs) It wasn't me, was it? I don't think so. Because if you had lent it to me, it would have been like either 
explicitly a fantasy or like about like at least a Scottish duke or something. It was like probably didn't have any Shirley of like Shirley Hallmarks. I don't think it was you. Yeah. Yeah, the ones I usually read are um, <laughs> period. Uh-huh. So yeah, 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 yeah. I don't like contemporaries generally. Uh-huh. So sometimes it's magic. Mm. There's a lot of dukes. I think more mm. dukes than in reality exist. Mm. There's a lot of Scottish people. Yeah. Anyways, that was a tangent. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know a lot of children. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't work with children. Uh, I guess my, my friend's kids are getting a little bit older, maybe developing their own reading tastes. I don't know, but, uh, um, you don't like hang out with them all the time. I don't hang out with them all the time. I don't know about kids today. It's like, what, what are the youth up to? I have no idea, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I feel like it's a, it's, it's, I feel like it's a good book. I feel like I would recommend it. And then like, probably the kid wouldn't read it. And then I feel sad. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I feel like it's kind of like a lot of the other Newberry, Newberry or Newberry Honor books. Like, mm-hmm. it is a good book, but yeah. I know that definitely some on the list, like, I remember in junior high, I was trying to go through and read all of them. I don't think I read all of them, but I read a lot. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like, I think some of them just did not, again, didn't hold up in the same way. I think even in that era, mm-hmm. so, you know, if it was from, like, the 30s. Mm-hmm. Like, was there, like, a Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm? I think was that yeah. one. Yeah. Was that, is it that old? I don't know. There were some that I read, and I was just like, ooh. You know? <laughs> I, don't, sure. I don't identify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, taste change, for sure. Exactly. And I, and again, I do think writing styles have changed. And if we we ever get to, like, little women, we can mm-hmm. definitely talk about writing style. Mm. Right? Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Was mm. there a movie or other adaptation? I don't think there was. I don't think it would make a good film, actually. Not again, not really enough happens. Yeah. And with mysteries, too much stuff needs to be unexplained. Mm-hmm. And the mystery in this is kind of not that great of a mystery because it's like there's no foreshadowing really of who the killer is. They talk about it. They mm-hmm. do very briefly describe the stock boy, stock right. murderer. Yeah. But they're always like, oh, he's weird. Yeah. But like they don't. I don't know, they, they sort of, like, really red herring the professor, mm-hmm. so, like, well, it's not... Yeah, there's, there's a really bit, pretty... I, think of, I, I think there's a bit of foreshadowing that, like, people are kind of, like, whispering about him and, like, suspecting him. There's a bit of a feeling, like, oh, like, people are being judgmental, which turns out to be the case. It's yeah. pretty subtle. It's not the main focus of the book. <laughs> yeah, which for yeah. a mystery, you're, like, the mystery's sort of not the main thing, but it's... Yeah, there just happens to be, like, a mystery happening in their backyard. It's not, like... It's yeah. not like they're investigating. <laughs> it's not Scooby-Doo, no. you know? Like, the important thing is is the Egypt game. I wonder what book won that year. All right, let's quietly look it up. We can cut this out, right? We're going to cut this out. Okay, so the Newbery winner for 1967, the one that won, that it lost to, was Up Road Slowly by Irene Hunt. She wrote Across Five Aprils, which we read in school. Ah, okay. So, I mean, she's a good writer, I'm imagining it's probably some kind of depressing book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds depressing. I mean, it's not Upper Road Quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Across the April was like, was it Depression era? Yeah. All I remember was like his friend gets run over by a train. <laughs> <laughs> I drew a picture of it for a class project. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Interesting though, like think 
about it, Newberry Medal or Newberry winners are supposed to be like the the best of that year's children's literature. Yet the Egypt game survived as something that is still read, still published, still yeah. in public libraries. Yeah. Right? Maybe not as popular as it was, but it's still mm-hmm. being read. Yeah. And the book that actually won, eh, two avid readers had never, never heard, heard it before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... um. You don't really ever know what's going to have a long-lasting impact. No, no. I mean, I feel like the um, the Nobel Prizes are somewhat notorious for this, right? If you look at the old uh, Nobel Prize authors, like, a lot of them are just not not really read today. Oh, yeah. Oh, what's the other one? Uh, Grammy Best New Artist? Oh, really? What, <laughs> are they terrible at picking? Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's like a curse. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay. Yeah, they're yeah. really bad about that. Oh, all right. Awards are hard, guys. They are hard. I mean, maybe it's a really great book, but, you know, I mean, I think awards is a product of its time, you know, whether it's sort of pushing a specific agenda, you know, themes of that era, Mm. you know, whatever. Right. And again, I also do think that, you know, children's awards tend to be kind of like the Oscars. They like certain Mm. kinds of movies or books or Mm. whatever. So coming of age. Yeah, for sure. Coming of age, popular uh biopics popular mm-hmm. people with disabilities popular mm-hmm. 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 yeah <laughs> um, for sure moralistic tales mm. right that's interesting so yeah. let's see um so other adaptation was really just like the sequel which i really don't think was close to as good now again mm. i read it 25 years later but again if my entire reason for liking the book was egypt and if they mm-hmm. don't do the gypsy game you're like why it's Why so interesting to me. It? Yeah, when um like creators don't seem to realize what was amazing about their work. Yeah. It's so interesting. And why would you feel like you need to revisit it twenty to thirty years later? What yeah. was the author suddenly thinking? Or was it like, I'm running out of ideas and I need some mm-hmm. cash? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which also I think um as a kid, if you had told me like, oh, there's a sequel, it's called the Gypsy Game, I would have been like, Oh, I need to read it immediately. Whereas yeah. now, um, as an adult, you get to like this the like the last line of the book, which is like, "What do you know about gypsies?" And you feel like, "Oh, this is a great place to end," because you can like imagine like the next thing that's going to happen, and like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't really need to read it. Which, as 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 a kid, was not a concept I believed in. <laughs> like, I feel like like people would tell me it's like, "Oh, but it's great that it doesn't tell you," because then you can imagine it. it's like, "No, tell me." <laughs> like, oh yeah. Oh no, I still like that. So. Um... <laughs> Did I tell you, um, I actually wrote to a couple of authors. I think I talked about it maybe in the last podcast, but I wrote to a different author. I wrote to Vivian Van Veld, who wrote fantasy fantasy novels, primarily, I would say, junior high, you know, age-ish. And her books really end kind of ambiguously. Like, a lot of them have these kind of biggest endings. Mm-hmm. And I wrote to the author, and I was like, are you ever going to write a sequel to this? Yeah. And she yeah. was like, no, because the reason why <laughs> I'm an author is because I wanted to find out mm-hmm. what happened to the ending of a lot of my stories that I read. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote my own stories to finish them. She's like, mm-hmm. you could write them too. <laughs> and you were like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, first of all, I'm 22. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not oh my God. 13. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so I'm not. I mean, fanfic at 22 is a little bit different. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You, you know, but again, still writing to children's authors at 22. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And demanding sequels, yes. And demanding sequels. 
yeah, I mean, like, I was, so when I, again, I saw that book in the library, and I was like, oh, heck yeah, I'm reading this, <laughs> and then was like, oh. Wow, <laughs> yeah. So, okay, um, would you still recommend this book? Right, well, we talked about this a bit. I would, and you feel like you probably wouldn't. Um, I feel like I would, it would be a special kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, granted, I think we were also special kids, but. Um, we hella special. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just feel like, again, like, as a as a librarian, it, if a kid asked me for a book recommendation, mm-hmm. I don't know if this book would ever pop into my mind, unless it's like, you know, you really get to know that kid, they read everything voraciously, they love mystery mm-hmm. books, they love ancient Egypt, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. like, it would not be, like, a casual reader, because mm-hmm. I do feel like there's a lot of other contemporary um, children's books that probably would kind of bit better but yeah i'm trying to see what other notes i had biggest wheels in class never heard of this yeah (laughs) i still honestly i don't really know what that means (laughs) i do not know what that means either um i don't know if they're like they're like the like the class clowns or they're like popular (laughs) like i still don't know big fish in a little pond (laughs) yeah 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 I mean, they kind of describe them as that way, right? They they do seem to be, like, they're semi-popular kids. Yeah, I think they are popular. Like, Melanie is concerned that April won't fade in, and, like, when the, like, these boys kind of accept her, like, in a jo- sort of joking way, she's like, ah, oh, she's gonna be fine. Oh, well, yeah, that's the, that's the benchmark, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, was, I wrote down such lame teasing, they call her February. Yeah. <laughs> I love, actually, um, there, there's a great... So when when April comes to Melanie's house, like uh, April's, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Mel- Melanie's dad tells like amazing dad jokes. You know? no. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh, I thought it was springtime. Melanie, the coolest month is here. It's like so, it's it's terrific. Yeah, there's there's a, again layers to that joke. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's also great because like uh, April herself is like, yeah, that's Melanie's dad. He tells dumb jokes. Like, <laughs> it's pretty good. I kind of feel like, didn't your mom used to tell me puns? And I don't think I got your mom's jokes. That sounds like my mom. That sounds accurate. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I feel like, oh, oh, so this, I think, I, I forgot to mention this. I always thought what was really cool in this book was all the crafting. Yes. Yeah. So this is something that we did as children still. Like, you you get a box, you get some glue, and you get some glitter, and, you know, you craft the crap out of it. And you yeah. make a dollhouse, or you make, you know, furniture, or you make... <laughs> you know, whatever, you make stuff, Yeah. you know, it wasn't like a pre-bought costume, right. like the other Halloween costumes, the only one who has a pre-bought costume is Ken, because his mm-hmm. dad does real estate and makes a lot of money, yeah, 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 everyone else is making their own costumes from scratch, you know, so they make the costumes, they glue costume jewelry onto their clothes, mm-hmm. uh, onto the robes, and I was, I actually wrote this note, I said, what kind of glue are they using, were you using <laughs> they're like fabric yeah. you can't just slap some elmers on that yeah well again it was the 60s they're probably using rubber cement like toxic things <laughs> like, yeah. well, like rubber cement could work but i'm like super glue won't because it's too brittle i've been learning a lot about glues yeah you know, <laughs> very good the, the yeah. right costume making glue is your best friend but mm. i'm like, glue amazing but like again they're making like the um headdresses yeah dresses out of like bottles and one of Marshall's um, bowling pins. Yeah. <laughs> Plastic 
Right. Just so cute. I just thought that was super cool, you know, how they decorate. Mm -hmm. Like, that was really cool. I think as someone who, as a child, was not allowed to decorate her room, being able for them to be able to do that was so cool. So that was, like, a fun part of it. Let me see. So, yeah, I, I mean, again, with... With hesitation, you know, depends on the person, depends on the kid. Closing thoughts? Closing thoughts. I think the last thing I want to say is just that it's, as I said at the beginning, like, I did not remember this book very well. And it actually was striking as I was reading. And I would just hit, like, a couple of phrases or the illustrations where I just had these sort of, like, big Proustian flashbacks. And they're almost phrases that I don't, I don't even know why they just stuck with me so much. There's a point later in the book when April has kind of, like, she's been through a lot. She's kind of, like made her peace with her grandma, who she was sort of like fighting with in the beginning. And she says that she looks at her um, gray hair that looks smooth as a pigeon wing. And like, for some reason, that phrase really stuck with me. And I don't even know why. There's yeah, a, I think I remember that even from a kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's just like a really nice description or what. Um, yeah. And another one is, uh, so that when their kids are thinking about sneaking out on Halloween, Melanie keeps like, just like thinking to herself that they are being downright disobedient and deadly dangerous and the two yeah. phrases just like echo in, echo in her mind and they like really stuck with me as well so it is interesting I feel like as a kid I never really thought about sort of like writing or sentence construction or vocabulary choice I was just reading yeah. but it's interesting um how things that have to do with sort of style or, or craft like really did matter even though you know I was probably like nine and had no idea how that worked yeah well I mean as a kid you just probably get the whole like did I like this book? You yeah, know, exactly. What happened? It's not yeah. the beauty of the language or mm-hmm. anything like that. Right. Um, but it's yeah, still ahead of impact. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it's poorly written, you're just going to be like, well, I, li- I didn't like it, but you don't know right. why. Or you yeah. don't get it. You don't understand it. Yeah. Because yeah. The, yeah, yeah. the imagery doesn't get conveyed very well. Mm-hmm. You know, and so for this, again, as an adult reading it, I don't think that this book is really written kind of for children in certain ways because like the relationship between her and her grandmother mm-hmm. like I did not get that there is a it's lot subtle. going on in there yeah, yeah yeah it's pretty subtle there there is a lot going on in yeah. there yeah uh, so yeah it's it's very interesting again how you know she's actually a, a very interesting writer again like you know the, the pacing mm-hmm. word choice mm-hmm. um there are certain changes in point of view Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which are interesting. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's written with a um, a lot of trust that the uh, that the the reader will come along. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really not holding your hand. No, no. And I mean, uh, I kind of feel like it's like um, you know, when when I was a kid and I would watch, you know, a movie or whatever, and they talk about stuff that like you know, it's like I don't, adult stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Oh, kids can't watch these things because." And I'm like, I didn't even know what they were talking about. Oh, like, sure. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. None yeah. of that stuck. Nope. You know? Nope. All of it's nope. going straight over my head. Mm-hmm. I'm reading it on, again, an entirely different, much more innocent level. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> so, like, unless it's, like, explicit. If they're talking yes. about something, I'm like, what does that even mean? Totally. You know? <laughs> yeah. I just reread Good Omens because of the TV series. And now I'm just like, oh, hey, that was a sex joke. I didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, now I understand. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was a um a joke in Sneakers. Mm-hmm. And it's also a sex joke. Yeah. And I remember watching it with some friends in college. Mm-hmm. And you know, the line comes up 
and they start chuckling. And I'm like, what? Is that a joke? What's funny? What's so funny? And they're like, oh, you're so cute and innocent. (laughs) (laughs) And then they had to explain to me what it meant. And I was like, oh. Oh, <laughs> like what what the joke was um and it was something like and give him head every night oh I do remember that yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. right because we watched that movie in fifth sixth oh yeah grade. that was, was like a one, sleepover classic and I don't think any of us understood that part. no no right over our heads exactly yeah so yeah I did not know what that meant I apparently did not learn about it until what seven years later <laughs> <laughs> And if I had been watching it by myself, I still probably would have never learned. Mm -hmm, (laughs) Except mm -hmm. I was watching it with a group of apparently much more experienced friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. Is that the Egypt game? That's the Egypt game. Okay. Thanks for coming along on our second episode. Yay. Uh, We're glad you're here. Um, Yeah. So, Shirley, what are we reading uh, next time? I think we discussed reading The Three Musketeers. Yeah, I am looking forward to that. I yeah. love this book as a kid. I also love this book as a kid. I think I might have read it as a little bit older than you. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's sort of stretching our childhood because I, well, I don't want to yeah. test it too much. I think I was a little yeah. bit older. Okay. But I think it'll be okay. I think it's still, okay. I mean, I wasn't like in college. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And our, and our faithful listeners have surmised um, we remained children for quite some time. I was a child until last year, so. <laughs> yeah. So terrific. We will be seeing uh, seeing y'all in a couple weeks to hear okay. about uh, Three Musketeers. Yeah, so and uh, read it now if you don't want to hear any spoilers. It's only like a couple hundred years old. so Just a bit. And there's only been like 15 movies or something. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Thank you very much. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Okay, bye.